Hello and welcome to the Rugby Girls podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai harimai. Today is October 16th and now let's talk some rugby. Okay, I've really got to get out of the habit of uh, promising to do uh, more than one podcast a week because, um, yeah, I'm just a one-man band and it's pretty hard to deliver um, on the promise. Uh, so here I am. It's a Friday morning, my time. Um, I've just had a bit of a look at the uh, All Blacks and the Wallabies uh, teams that have been announced uh, for Sunday's game, uh, Sunday the 18th, uh, Bledisloe 2. Uh, so I thought I would have um, a really quick squiz, uh, primarily looking at it from an Australian side uh, of the picture uh, rather than a New Zealand side. Uh, I guess, um, you know, the preview to uh, so one, I was definitely, you know, well, fairly even-handed, I think, but uh, probably a little bit New Zealand-centric as well, uh, being a Kiwi myself. So I thought what I'd do for this one would be a, a pretty quick kind of check-in, uh, and I found an article uh, coming out of basically Australia or Australian rugby, uh, and I thought I'd kind of just read through it, uh, you know, have a look at the Australian team. There's a few new faces there. Uh, and also have a look at the All Blacks or uh, the New Zealand team as well because uh, there's a few new faces there as well. Uh, some of it obviously uh, due to perhaps uh, form or uh, you know a poor performance um, or you know what how else could you say you know I think that's probably the best way of describing it um, uh, and some of it is uh, just due to uh, you know unfortunate injury uh, freak injury if you will uh, and also uh, concussion issues, etc. So yeah, uh, both teams making a few different changes, which uh, should be quite interesting. So let's get into it um, and have a quick look uh, at this article that I've got for us. So it's uh, foxsports.com.au. Um, so I'm a little bit out of my league or a little bit out of my depth here wouldn't say it's a, a website um, that I come to very often, but I just thought, hey, why not? I'll see if I can find the Australian team. And, you know, then I thought, well, why don't I just come from it from a, a more of an Australian angle, uh, if you will, rather than, um, you know, with such a Kiwi focus or an all black focus. So, yeah, let's get through it. Um, Ruthless Wallabies make four changes in desperate bid to end Eden Park curse. So that's the title. Interesting stuff. They're Ruthless Wallabies, eh? Well, you know, they got the draw in the first game, so fair enough, I guess. But, you know, is that really being ruthless? I'm not so sure. And, uh, you know, saying something like that before you take on the All Blacks at Eden Park? Well, we shall see. But yeah, <clears throat> best of luck to them. So Ruthless Wallabies coach Dave Rennie has made mass changes to his side despite the breathless draw with the All Blacks in last week's Bledisloe Cup thriller. Rennie, in what is only his second team selection as head coach, has made four changes to the Australian side to take on New Zealand in the second tie on Sunday. The Wallabies are out to end a 34-year hoodoo at Eden Park. Hooker Falau Fainga, back rower Pete Samu, reserve back rower Rob Valentini, and reserve playmaker Noah Lalicio have all been axed from the team announced on Friday, today. 
Ned Hennigan and Brendan Painga Amosa have been recalled to play their first game for the Wallabies in two years, while Jordan Pattaya and Liam Wright take their place on the bench in the new look side. So yeah, um, you know, that's the first part of the article. There's uh, still a little bit more to get through. Uh, but that's probably a fairly good place to, to sort of pause it and have a, a little bit of a browse around. So yeah, if you have a look at that Wallabies team, um, I guess Ruthless, or you know, this reporter, uh, Jack Austin, I believe his name is, uh, is sort of saying, you know, Dave, Dave Rennie is ruthless because he's made four changes. Four changes I guess he hasn't really had to make. He's just decided, you know, they're just pure selection issues or pure selection calls. Uh, from Dave Rennie, uh, and I guess if you're uh, an Australian and or a Wallaby, uh, and you know you would more often than not take an 18 18 all draw in New Zealand uh, as maybe not quite a win, but certainly as more of a victory than a defeat. Um, so yeah, you know maybe it's a little bit surprising to this journalist uh, and to the Australian rugby public uh, that their new head coach Dave Rennie would be so willing to, you know, ring four changes to what was essentially almost like a winning team for Australia. Yeah, uh, and I mean, just inside of those changes as well, I mean, like, two are on the bench, uh, one is positional. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, it's, not as, it's not as serious or it's not as huge uh, as, you might, as you might think. And, uh, you know, like the only back change is Noah Lalicia, who was uh, basically the reserve 10. Uh, obviously, James O'Connor had a great game, or at least a very good game. Uh, and then, obviously, they got the quality of Matt Tamua at 12 as well. So, you know, the way that they went into that first test, they really were covering the first their first five bet with uh, probably at least three players. Uh, so I guess they've sort of thought, well, we only really need two people, uh, you know, one to play and one to cover. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's better to, to free up somebody uh, a little bit wider out in the back line, uh, which is, you know, what they've done. So let's, uh, like, keep reading on and see uh, what else they say or what else this article says. So meanwhile, the All Blacks have also made several changes, including the return of Bowden Barrett at fullback. Uh, there's a bit of a link there, uh, so you know I might post a link to this particular uh, article, but I'm not going to click through to the that All Blacks article uh, talking about Bowden Barrett and some of the All Blacks changes. But you'll see it uh, if you're uh, following along with this link. Uh, so Pattaya, that's Jordan Pattaya, missed Bledisloe 1 through injury, but is back in the 23 for the Eden Park Clash, along with his Queensland captain, Wright. The change at hooker is not unexpected after last week's draw, with the line-out being a particular area of weakness as the Wallabies lost three of their own throws and did not actively try to target the All Blacks line-out, choosing instead not to jump and focus on defending against the subsequent drive. Well, you know, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I can agree with that. That's a, that's a damning stat. Uh, and obviously, Falau Fainga, uh, the Brumbies hooker, uh, the starting hooker from last week for the Wallabies is, um, you know, bearing the brunt of a misfiring lineout. You know, he is the hooker, I guess. Uh, so you've got to put your hand up there. Um, but yeah, I guess what I was, was going to say uh, as a segue is uh, I thought the lineout, yeah, was a little bit shambolic, but I mean, the conditions were pretty terrible in Wellington. I mean, not just 
the wet, but also the wind. I mean, I think any hooker uh, would have done pretty well to have, you know, had a, had a good day at the office there. You know, I, I don't think Cody Taylor and even Dane Coles, the local boy, uh, coming on as, like, you know, reserve hooker for the All Blacks, I don't think any of them, you know, exactly did themselves proud. Um, or, you know, like, they didn't exactly have stellar performances uh, in their hooking role. Uh, the, the weather conditions were just saying it was, it was going to be a nightmare at line-out time. So, yeah, you know, Falau Fainga, perhaps a little bit unlucky there. Um, I guess with the All Blacks as well, they have actually rotated uh, Cody Taylor as well for Dane Coles. So, you know, the hookers are sort of, that's a little bit of musical cheers in both teams uh, for the hookers. Uh, perhaps a little bit unfair, um, just in terms of, the, I mean, if you have a look at the highlights or you watch that game, uh, you know, the wind and rain was, was, was pretty diabolical in Wellington last week. Pretty sure you're not going to get anything like that uh, for, you know, for the Auckland match, or I certainly hope we don't. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I uh, sort of got in the way of myself there. Um, what I was going to say was, yeah, line-out pretty average, but I think kind of average for both teams, maybe more so for Australia. But really, uh, you know, where I thought Australia was weak uh, was, at, was at the tackle. Um, you know, the, the, the All Blacks were able to get a huge amount of turnover ball, uh, which was really surprising to me. So, um, you know, I think... Maybe Pete Samu is, is bearing a little bit of the brunt there uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the Wallabies just weren't good enough um, at basically, you know, cleaning the All Blacks out of their ruck. Uh, and the number of, you know, attacking, the number of attacking phases that basically died uh, at the hands of All Black turnover ball, uh, especially in that first half, was huge. Um, you know, like, I think at halftime, it was something like the All Blacks had been in the Australian 22 for a minute and change, and the Australians had been in the All Blacks 22 for four minutes and change, and, I mean, obviously, as we all know, with uh, the Rico Ioane, uh, you know, dropped ball uh, over the line, uh, or missed try, if you will, uh, you know, the uh, right on half time. You know, the Wallabies really would have been staring down a, a considerable deficit at halftime, uh, you know, had, uh, you know, Rico Ioane done core rolls there and basically put the ball down over the line. So they would have had to have been, you know, I think they would have been probably a little bit psychologically damaged there, having spent that much amount of time, uh, you know, in the first half especially, and basically having got a no profit for it. Uh, and I think a huge reason why they got no profit was because of just how disruptive the All Blacks, especially the All Black loose forwards, uh, were, uh, you know, in the first half, for sure. Uh, I think you've definitely got a hat tip, um, you know, Sam Kane for that as well. He, he actually did come out and play a bit of a captain's knock or a bit of a blinder, um, you know, really established himself as, you know, put a bit of a marker down. There's certainly been a lot of doubt around, you know, who he is and, you know, should he be the captain, etc. Should he even be a starting seven? Does he even command his place in the team? And, you know, he certainly put a marker down. Uh, you know, I think he probably outperformed Adi Savir in, you know, many facets of the game as well, which is, you know, no small feat. Obviously, also, while I'm on this massive tangent and getting away from uh, the article that I wanted to get through, uh, you know, congratulations to Michael Hooper as well. Uh, you know, getting through your 100th game, playing full 80, 
uh, and obviously getting the draw as well in New Zealand to a fairly fitting, or, I mean if you're not going to win, uh, at least get a draw away from home in New Zealand, that's a, a fairly fitting performance you know, from your team to celebrate your 100th. So yeah, there's certainly lots of plot lines going on last week. Uh, so yeah, back to the article. Um, what do we got here? Um, Hannigan. Are we up to Hannigan? Yeah, so we we're talking about... Sorry, I got so distracted there. I was, uh, you know, talking away from the article for so long. So, uh, I'm just going to go right back up to Pattaya. So Pattaya missed Bledisloe 1 through injury, but is back on the 23 for the Eden Park Clash, along with his captain, or his Queensland captain, Wright. The change at hooker is not unexpected after last week's draw, with the lineup being a particular area of weakness, as the Wallabies lost 3 of their on their own throw, and did not actively try to target the All Blacks lineout, choosing instead not to jump and focus on defending against the subsequent drive. So Hennigan has played mostly at lock for the Waratahs this season in Super Rugby AU, but will bring added impetus to the set piece, while Wright uh, is a key receiver for the Reds throwing this year. So yeah, hat tip to the lineout. From the team selection, it appears that Rennie is targeting the Wallabies uh, not only retaining more of their own ball at the lineup, but also attacking New Zealand in the air. So yeah, pretty much going in there with kind of like three locks, playing Hannigan at six, but um, Ned Hannigan that is. But you know, really, he's you know primarily been playing lock for most of this year at Super Rugby level, uh, and then also of course uh, including Wright in there as well. Um, you know, so, you know, he's another good ball winner uh, in the air. So, yeah, um, going to be pretty interesting. Uh, could be a lot more contestable at line-out time. Certainly should be, especially if the weather conditions are, you know, are better. Uh, what else we got here? So, Rennie's talking now. Rennie's quotes. We've got a group of 44 men who are working hard and pushing for selection, said Rennie. We've had massive support from back home, Australia, and as a team, we've definitely felt that it's something we'll draw on on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. We know that New Zealand will step it up another level this weekend, and we're excited by the challenge ahead. So there's a huge number of um, <laughs> grammatical slash spelling errors uh, in that article. I must I must say, uh, pretty surprising uh, what passes for sub-editing slash journalism these days. I guess with the internet. Uh, don't want to throw stones too much, but, you know, I, I almost had to kind of like not read that and actually think about what should be uh, on the page in front of me. So, you know, where is the world going, eh? Maybe I'm just getting old and cranky. Uh, I certainly am up a little bit early today, and I pretty much didn't get much sleep last night uh, because I'm pretty busy with work. So hopefully this podcast is not sounding like I'm... Uh, on any kind of medication or drugs or anything. Uh, it's mostly just uh, a lack of sleep and me trying to deliver something for you um, because I don't think I'm going to be able to do it uh, this afternoon, which was going to be my shout, uh, and I'm not going to be able to do it on Saturday either. So yeah, Friday morning, here we are. So Australian team to face New Zealand. That was pretty much the end of the article. Um, so yeah, you know, we've got Slipper, Painga, Amosa, and Tupo uh, for the front row. Uh, Salakai, Lotu, and Philip for the, 
for the locks, retaining what they had from last week. Uh, Hannigan, Hooper, and Wilson. Um, so, you know, Wilson positionally changing from 6 to 8. Goodbye, Pete Samu. Hannigan coming in at 6, Hooper at 7. So, you know, there's, you know, a couple of, couple of minor tweaks there, but, you know, all in all, forwards that, you know, did fairly well for Australia have been retained. <clears throat> the starting back line as well uh, is a very solid or is actually exactly the same as last week. So you've got Nick White and James O'Connor. You've then got Matt Tamua and Hunter Paisami in the midfield. Marika Korobeti, Filippo Dalgunu, the wingers who were very good, both of them, try scorers. And Tom Banks, who was, you know, pretty dependable, did a good job at the back uh, when needed. Um, so yeah, that's so basically they've retained the same back line, although they do have like Noah Lalicio is gone, so one of their playmakers has been dropped out of the twenty-three. Uh, and Jordan Pataya, who's certainly more exciting, uh, you know, is is more of a, a midfielder slash wing. Uh, you know, and he's got a big future. So it'll be quite interesting to see him, um, you know, uh, come up against some tired or black defence and see what he can produce. If we go on to the All Blacks team just quickly, and then I think I'm pretty much going to call it quits and, you know, uh, maybe go back to bed because I am feeling pretty tired. Uh, so the All Blacks team, uh, Joe Moody, Dan Coles, and Offatunga Afasi. So... Props retain their spot. Dane Coles from the bench to the starting hooker role. The locks, Patrick Tuipilotu and Tupu Ava'i. So a huge promotion for Tupu Ava'i. Uh, you know, like nobody would have thought he was going to be an All Black this year. Then he's, uh, you know, chosen in the All Black squad or, you know, like wider squad. Uh, then he gets onto the bench, which I thought was even quite a big call uh, last week. And now Sam Whitelock has, you know, head injuries or, you know, concussion symptoms. So, boom, here he is. He's making a start, starting in his second test with Patrick Tuipilotu. Got to say, that has to be an area of weakness for the All Blacks. Uh, you know, no Sam Whitelock. Uh, you know, really going to have to look for a huge game from uh, Patrick Tuipilotu uh, on, his home, on his home turf in Auckland. So, 6-7-8 for the All Blacks is uh, Shannon Frizzell, Sam Kane, and Adi Savia. So same as last week. Uh, into the backs, uh, Aaron Smith and Richie Mwanga are going to run it in the halves, same as last week. In the midfield, it's going to be Jack Goodhue and Anton Leonard-Brown. So Rico Ioane has been bumped out of 13, uh, and he's on the bench. So he hasn't been completely pushed out of the 23. Uh, but he is on the bench, but not starting. So you've got Goodhue 12, let it round 13. Would probably like to see that the other way around, uh, personally. I think Leonard Brown's probably a better 12 than Jack Goodhue. Jack Goodhue's a, an out-and-out center. I think that's where he should play. Uh, into the back three, so Caleb Clark gets to start in his second test, much like uh, Tupovai in the forwards, uh, due to the uh, unfortunate freak injury to George Bridge at training is maybe put him out for six months uh, which is you know pretty bad pretty sad for George Bridge and pretty bad for the All Blacks although it must be said uh, if there is one area where the All Blacks are extremely strong it probably is the back three uh, so you know Bridget, George Bridge's loss is certainly going to be uh, one or two others again I think uh, so yeah into that back three Caleb Clark is going to be on the left wing at 11 uh, Jordy Barrett 
is going to be on the right wing at 14, and his brother Bowden Barrett's superstar there is going to be fitted in at 15. So, yes, I mean, you know, obviously prefer to see Bowden Barrett's uh, playing as opposed to, you know, not playing. Um, still think Jordy Barrett should be given the fullback role. Um, and, you know, maybe if Bowden Barrett's fit as he is, maybe it would have been a good opportunity to just pump him straight in to 10 uh, and have Richie Mwanga on the bench. Um, you know, Richie Mwanga was a, a little bit of a persona non grata uh, last week. Again, obviously, you know, terrible conditions, etc. Um, hopefully we get something that's approaching more, more towards normality uh, in Auckland this week. But, um, you know, yeah, gee, Richie Mwanga really does need a much bigger game. He needs a bit of a rocket uh, from that performance from last week. So, yeah, kind of surprised from uh, Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach, that he didn't just straight start with, uh, you know, Bowden Barrett at 10 and Jordy Barrett at 15 because, you know, Richie Moanga certainly gave him a reason uh, to, to bench him, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, and I, I just don't like the lopsidedness of Jordy Barrett at 14. Like, he's just not used there at all by the Hurricanes. Uh, scored a try in the, in the first game, I guess. So, you know, you can, can chalk that up. Um, but, you know, I, I really do think he's a lot more effective at 15, um, at fullback. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I probably would have liked to have seen that axis be, you know, Bowden Barrett at 10, Jordy Barrett at 15, and Richie Moanga on the bench uh, as a 22. But not to be. So, yeah, good luck to the boys. Uh, obviously, good luck to Australia as well. But uh, especially good luck to the All Blacks, of course. Uh, if we have a look into the reserves or the replacements, uh, shout out to Alex Hodgman. Uh, he's going to be on debut. Uh, so he's taking over from Carl Tuanukiafe, and I guess he'll be backing up uh, the tight hedge. He'll be backing up Joe Moody. Uh, so yeah, definitely going to be getting some game time there for sure. Uh, also, Scott Barrett uh, is back in the fold after something like four or five months out with injury. So he'll be coming off the bench uh, at 19. You'd have to think that's a little bit of a rush in, um, you know, like a rush to pick there, uh, which again just sort of uh, goes to show that, you know, the, the, the All Blacks are going to be pretty, I think they're going to be pretty weak, pretty loose, you know, pretty, pretty thinly, thinly covered there at lock. Um, you know, like missing Sam Whitelock uh, due, to, due to head symptoms or concussion symptoms. And Scott Barrett's on your bench and, you know, hasn't really played any rugby for four months. Obviously been training uh, quite a lot, especially inside of the All Black camp. But, you know, there's, there's no substitute for a game, right? Uh, and, I mean, you know, you've got to start with uh, Patrick Tui Pelotu uh, and Tupu Vai. So, you know, like that really is somewhere that the Wallabies probably can exploit. Um, and if you remember what we just read in the article, like Dave Rennie, their, you know, their head coach, who is an incredibly smart man, uh, he's essentially loaded up, um, you know, the Wallabies four-pack with three locks, plus they have uh, a jumping uh, Liam Wright uh, to come on as well. So, you know, you can clearly see that Dave Rennie can smell blood. Uh, in the locking stocks uh, against the All Blacks. Uh, not too much else to report other than, yeah, like we kind of just, or like I just touched on, Rico Ioane at 22, so he lost his starting spot, and I think, you know, that is a little bit of a marker, or, you know, that is like a little bit of a, a standard kind of protocol in the All Blacks. 
if you do something you know incredibly stupid like uh, not executing a try um, you know there does have to be some repercussions for it uh, not completely out of the 23 so he's got an opportunity at home in Auckland to, to make amends and do something special uh, when he gets on but uh, he's certainly on notice uh, and I do like the fact that Damian McKenzie is in and around the fold as well at 23. Uh, you know, there's a, a real log jam there. It's, a, it's kind of impressive that you've been able to get Moanga, Geordie Barrett, Bowden Barrett uh, on the field all together and have Damian McKenzie at 23 uh, backing up, uh, you know, your 10-15. Uh, yeah, so pretty interesting stuff. I actually, yeah, I actually really quite like... Um, that set of, of reserves or back reserves for the All Blacks. Um, I actually would have been probably quite tempted to have had a look at Weber uh, backing up Aaron Smith. I didn't really see that much from TJ Perinara uh, and Bledisloe 1, uh, and I think Perinara is like an out-and-out -out starting nine. You know, that's what he he lives in, he lives in, he lives in Breeze, uh, you know, to, to be a co-captain and to start nine for the Hurricanes. So I really do feel like, you know, that, that 21 sub-9 role for him is just not really a good one. Uh, whereas I think Brad Weber uh, just has a little bit more sparkiness about him. And, you know, if you tell Brad Weber to come in with, you know, 15 minutes to go, he's just going to be busier than per Perinara. You know, that's not to say that I would want to start Weber uh, ahead of Perinara. But it's just, you know, when you have a world-class 9 in Aaron Smith, you do have to look at your second nine, your 21, and be like, do I really play my second best nine, or do I play, you know, a super sub, you know, a really good 21? So, you know, perhaps it would have been nice to have had a look at uh, Brad Weber, uh, but they've retained Perinara. Uh, you know, Rico Ioane is going to be backing up that midfield, and of course he can back up the wings as well. And then Damian McKenzie will be backing up 10-15. So there's quite a nice spread there. I think it's uh, every, everybody on every position is nicely covered uh, for the All Blacks. Uh, if we have a look at just really, really, like sort of on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, if we go back to the reserves or the replacements for Australia, it's a little bit of a strange way to end it, but that's the way I'm going to do it today. Um, you know, they've got Jake Gordon at 21, so that's their backup nine. They've got Jordan Pattaya. 22 uh, and Reese Hodge 23 so you've almost got like a double center come winger uh, or winger come center there you'd almost say Jordan Pattaya and Reese Hodge are kind of like for like players or like positionally the positions they play they're like for like the way they play the positions are very different um, you know very different kinds of uh, stature and, you know just different men um, just in terms of like physicality, etc. Uh, but they are basically a center who can play wing or a wing who can play center. So it's almost like a, a double backup there. Uh, whereas, you know, you, you don't really have any 10 cover. You don't even really have that much 12 cover. Uh, and you'd probably be a little bit hard pressed at fullback. Uh, or, you know, if you think about Tom Banks, if he was to go down injured in the first sort of five, 10 minutes, certainly don't want that to happen to him but I mean I think you're really going to have to go and do something fairly I mean you're not even going to be able to pull James O'Connor back to fullback well maybe you could do that and shift Tamur into 10 but you, you, you're getting pretty that's a that's a pretty long or that's a pretty complicated jigsaw 
um, you know, to, to thread there or put together there. I think probably what you'd have to do is play Reese Hodge for pretty much a full game, you know, like 60, 70 minutes, whatever, at 15. Uh, and I just don't really feel like he's uh, an, uh, an established or just, uh, you know, international level fullback. Um, so, you know, yeah, certainly not wishing uh, any any injuries like that would be pretty cheap. Uh, you know, you want the All Blacks and or the Wallabies to win it fairly. Um, but I do feel like uh, the replacements, the reserves there are a little bit compromised. Looks like Rennie has done a, spe like a fantastic job in exploiting that All Black lock weakness uh, with his with his Type 5 and his uh, forward reserves. But yeah, I'm, I'm a at a little bit of a loss as to why you'd pick both Pattaya and Reese Hodge to like-for-like -like reserves. I, I certainly like the, uh, the makeup of the All Blacks a lot better there, their reserves, their back reserves anyway. So yeah, wow, been talking for just going on uh, 29 minutes. It seems like an eternity, probably seems like an eternity for you too. Uh, I apologize for that. So yeah, hopefully my energy uh, wasn't too low there, wasn't too crazy. Um, certainly do feel a little bit weird. Uh, just didn't get much sleep last night, very busy, got a lot of work on. Um, and yeah, like here I am. Decided, no, I'm not going to take a nap. Uh, I'm going to get this podcast out of the way Friday morning. Um, you know, because otherwise I might not do it. And I don't want to be here on Monday saying, sorry, I didn't do a preview and or review of uh, Bledisloe 1 and Bledisloe 2, which is what I said I would do uh, on Monday, just being. So yeah, um, probably not as in-depth as I wanted to make it, uh, but you know, life is kind of getting in the way there. But hey, you know, hopefully you enjoyed a few little tidbits there, uh, and you know, it wasn't too bad listening to me waffle on a little bit. And using an article that was kind of Australian-centric uh, rather than, you know, New Zealand-centric, which is, you know, usually the way I roll. So, yeah, leaving it all there, 30 minutes, bang on. So, thanks a lot for listening. Um, yeah, thanks to do. Uh, could you please have a look on Facebook if you use it? Um, I've got a Facebook page, it's The Rugby Gods Podcast. So, if you search The Rugby Gods Podcast... Uh, should bring up a Facebook page, it's mine, uh, give it a like or a follow, that'd be awesome, send me a comment or a message, that'd be great as well, uh, yeah, basically I put all these podcasts up there, um, along with, you know, doing it through Anchor, uh, and Anchor is pretty awesome, it kind of puts it onto about six different podcasting platforms, kind of automatically for me, uh, it looks like somebody has taken my RSS feed and put it onto uh, Apple Podcasts, I think is what they call themselves these days. So whoever did that, uh, as long as you're not making any kind of money uh, off of me uh, in the process, thanks a lot uh, for doing that because I got I basically got around to doing that uh, last week or during, yeah, during, during the last week. Uh, and basically Apple Podcasts said to me, no, the, the RSS feed is... It's already up and running, um, and it wasn't Anchor FM that did it, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but I don't really care, and probably neither do you. But, uh, yeah, I guess what I want to say there, I do the shows through Anchor FM. Uh, I generally listen to my podcasts on Spotify, 
uh, and you can find this podcast, The Rugby Goes Podcast, on Spotify as well. So I recommend that you know you listen to it there if uh, that tickles your fancy. So yeah, uh, really nice to get some good plays. Uh, the last sort of two or three uh, podcasts, uh, the the level of listeners or the the number of plays uh, has really shot up. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks very much for sharing um, the content if you are or if you have been. Uh, but yeah, certainly reaching a few more people uh, than I was, say, a month ago. So thank you to everybody who's, you know, giving me a tune in. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that we've got there, right? So I hope you enjoy your weekends. Uh, I hope the rugby goes well for you, uh, whatever team, whatever competition it is that you're following. I hope it's all good. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you get some success. Um, yeah, and obviously, I'll be back on Monday. I'll be a lot more awake than I am right now. Hopefully, I'll be back to my kind of usual self. I'm feeling almost a little bit out of body, actually, uh, doing this. Um, not sure if this is a bit of a train wreck podcast, but uh, hopefully, it went okay. Uh, but yeah, I'll be back on Monday for um, a Mighty Ten Cup um, review slash preview. Uh, and, you know, I might soldier on and even do like a Bledisloe Cup 1, Bledisloe Cup 2 uh, kind of proper deep dive. Although, like I said, I should really stop um, saying what I'm going to do in the future because, you know, life gets in the way and makes it pretty hard to actually deliver on the deal, right? But yeah. Uh, that is officially everything that I've got to say. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going good for you. Uh, I hope uh, you're doing good things for people and I hope good things are happening for you. So, until next time, until Monday at least, uh, Matewa, enjoy your Sunday, enjoy your weekend, but enjoy your Sunday, enjoy the rugby, uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.